Hi, and welcome to the Imperial Chemical Engineering podcast, where we talk to researchers across the department about their work. I'm Sarah, and I'm the communications manager for the department. And I'm Ben, and I'm a PhD student in the department. And today we're talking to Priyanka from the Hallett Group, where she works on turning the waste products of the beer fermentation process into useful products. from South London or Greater South London. I grew up in in Surrey, um, near Croydon, and my parents are from, they're from Sri Lanka, so I'm of Sri Lankan heritage, um, particularly they're, they're Tamils, so that's the language that I grew up speaking when I was at home, but I was born and raised here, so I've got that sort of, uh, I guess, blend of both worlds, and yeah. I studied chemical engineering at Loughborough University, and this was with a Diploma of Industrial Studies. And my course there was an integrated master's course, which meant that I had this opportunity to also pursue an individual research project. And I actually carried this out um, at a university abroad. I did this at uh, the University of Toronto, and I joined the chemical engineering department there. Um, And that's when I got my first sort of um, taste for research. And I did this on a topic of food engineering And that's kind of why I also applied for my current PhD position that I'm doing now. Could you tell me a little bit more about your journey to Imperial and why you ended up here? Yeah, so um, during my my undergraduate or my my integrated (coughs) master's, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted to get into into research and, and academia because I also did spend a year working in industry and I quite liked that and that was um, in the research and development sort of sector. So it was R&D work, but obviously in a more like corporate lifestyle, sort of like, you know, paid nine to five job. And I did enjoy it, but I thought I liked something that was a bit more creative, a bit more like independent and out there. And then after that, um, so in my in my penultimate year, I did a um, research internship abroad. And that's when I actually joined an academic research group. and. Um, saw what it's like to work with like um, PIs and be a, be a postdoc or be a PhD student, and I really enjoyed my time there. I, I was it was a great place to to get that first experience, and um, it's kind of what sparked my interest in then maybe considering pursuing a PhD myself. Um, and my my PI at the time over there, the, he did offer me a position and like was really keen for me to join. But the only thing is that in so this was at the University of Toronto in Canada, and their their PhD positions are really long. They're like five or six years, and I was just like, I'm not I'm not ready to commit that much time. And yeah, so I started looking for places or positions in the UK, um, in London particularly because um, I wanted to go back home, um, move back to London, and um, yeah, that's where why I, I applied for this position today. Amazing. But you like? Did you like living in Canada? I did. I liked it a lot um, also because um, a lot of my extended family lived there. So it was kind of like a chance for me to spend time with them. But also to me, um, it made me also appreciate London more because Toronto is not quite the same. It's not quite the same sort of culture or like intensity. I don't know if that's the right word as London. Um, also, it was my the first time that I got to live through like heavy winter, like snowfall. Like the week before I was meant to fly out there, they had like a 
a crazy snowstorm and that was the first time they had to close like all the schools and universities so um it like the weather is definitely different but it made me appreciate rainy london compared to like full-on you know blizzard canada yeah (laughs) and your uh your placement your industrial placement Mm -hmm. where was this this was in portsmouth um i did it i worked for a filtration company called paul corporation they're actually um i think now probably one of the biggest filtration companies in the world they cover a lot of sectors so not only sort of like air filter air filtration but also um like in the oil and gas or like aviation and fuels they just make a lot of um sort of single use or like long-term use filters for a lot of different applications um actually when i started my phd here i noticed we had some filters from from the the company like in our lab drawers and it was kind of like interesting to see be on the other end of of it because i actually helped design filters and actually helped with a patent when i was there for um, air filters for um, biological reactors. So then to then be in the lab and be the other side, like be the customer and use them was quite was quite surreal. Yeah, that was amazing, <laughs> getting to see it from the other side. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, it, my research group, so the Jason Hallett group, we mostly work with these um, novel solvents called ionic liquids. And um, in particular, sort of my my lab so we've got two labs the biomass lab and the synthesis lab the biomass lab basically looks at um in simple terms like booking different biomass with um ionic liquids to break them down into their main components and then we use them to make different materials and chemicals that you would typically get from fossil fuels so it's kind of about trying to make these alternative chemicals from plant-based matter mm-hmm. And in my research in particular, I look at brewer spent grain, which is a type of waste biomass from the beer brewing industry. Um, so currently that it's used to feed um, cows and sheep at most, but it's usually a waste that beer brewers um, try to get rid of and it's sent to landfill. So I'm looking at um, applying ionic liquids to that type of biomass and seeing um, what I can make from, from that. Nice. And what can you make from that? Um, so the main sort of component that's quite unique to brewer spent grain compared to the other biomass that we use in our lab is that it also contains protein. So I've been looking at firstly coming up with a protein extraction step to try and isolate the protein from brewer spent grain. And then um, I'm looking at then breaking down the rest of it, which is made of lignin, hemicellulose and cellulose and this can be useful for example like making bioethanol or um, different biomaterials um, like films and plastics and gels um, but yeah so mine's a bit different because I also have that protein aspect to my to my um, project. Nice. Yeah. So in the lab mm-hmm. I guess because this is early stage you're doing everything really small. Yes. Small scale. Yeah. Where are you getting this spent grain from? So it's, it's kind of a funny story because I reached out to a lot of breweries around London hoping that like s- at least one of them would have some spare grains and one of them replied to me and he, they were a microbrewery and it turns out to be like a one-man brewery that's <laughs> actually located near White City campus so whenever I need some some grains I would just like ask him for it and or like send him a message and he's happy to usually keep a batch for me 
but he literally has all these um, sort of equipment and like vessels and everything to make beer in his um, in his kitchen. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's an interesting place to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't expect that if you entered someone's house to see all this sort like of a like. full brewery. Yeah, a full brewery, in essentially. The back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it like microbrewery then he just. Does yeah, small, small he does stuff. very small scale stuff, but he can, if I wanted, he could give me about 25 to 30 kilos, but per per batch. But that's because Brewer Spent Grain is, is very wet. It has a lot of water once you're done with it. So I usually have to dry it down to reduce that water content before I can use it and store it. And what are you doing just traveling across London with like backpacks full of? Yeah, I literally, that's what I do. But I think you've sort of already told us in simple terms what this actually means. Mm. But why is it an important field of research? So I think the most obvious like sort of aspect of, of it is the fact that a lot of the sort of platform chemicals or like the basic chemicals that we use to make sort of materials um, that everyday objects comes from fossil fuels. And if we're to sort of, um, you know, severe our dependency on fossil fuels, then we need to start thinking about alternative resources. and. Um, there are biorefineries, so refineries that utilize biomass that currently exist, but they usually refer to or like use food grade or very high quality biomass. And it's really important that we think about uh, where we have these um, waste resources that are not really being utilized or like, you know, the full potential is not being unlocked yet. So that's what essentially what my research group does. We look at waste agriculture. Um, waste woods, including like contaminated wood from um, construction sites. Um, and also now, because of my project, we're looking more into sort of waste from the food and drink industry as well. So it's all about um, trying to really m maximize um, what we have and efficiently sort of try and replace these um, chemicals and materials that are typically uh, fossil fuel based. So traditionally, biomass. <laughs> Would have been like grown in a field, cut down, and then shipped over to industry. Yes, traditionally that's what would that's what would have been done. But um, it's really important that we try and utilize the waste that we have in our own country as well. So um, we, as as the UK as a nation, we do drink a lot of beer, and although Germany is probably the, the highest sort of producer of beer and beer grains, we do have a lot of major sort of industrial companies based in the UK um, and it, it makes more sense like logistically to just um, instead of shipping over for example rice straw or um, sort of like sugar cane husks which is kind of like the, the major like sort of waste biomasses that are also looked into it makes sense to also look at these sort of like smaller players like smaller pockets of opportunities as well um, so that's what I'm hoping to do by looking at how to utilize brewer spent grain. Looking to the future, mm -hmm. what are your hopes for your exact research? Where do you think you can take your research? So um, for me, it's kind of interesting because I've already had a sneak peek of the future of my research because I work for a startup from my research group called Lixia, and they're actually currently scaling up um, essentially not my process in particular, but sort of the, the basic fundamental process that's been developed in our research group that uses these ionic liquids to um, break down biomass. And they've built their first pilot plant in Sweden. And 
last summer I got an opportunity to go and actually work there and I saw how they've scaled up from like small pressure tubes sort of reactions or like cookings of biomass to 500 litres scale reactors and it's really interesting because they're they're successfully doing this with so the waste from Sweden so that's mostly wood waste so they've been looking at like spruce and pine and things like that so um, yeah wood from the wood industry or the the paper industry that's um, heavily based in Nordic countries like Sweden so I've seen how it is possible to scale up now we just need to add um, proteins to the mix and see um, if we can build something similar in the UK hopefully in collaboration with these current major brewery um, brewers like industrial brewers it makes sense to sort of work adjacent to them and see if we can like directly take their spent grains from their site and just you know move it across to then produce all these um, these chemicals and proteins that I hope to do. It's like you've had a good blend, haven't you, of academia and yeah, industry? Yeah, yeah, I've been yeah I've been working for Elixir since almost the start of my PhD, so just over two over two years now. So I've been slowly helping them like from their design of their pilot plant to full scale like operation. And what does that involve your job, like day to day? So, um, so day to day, it mostly involves sort of analysis of samples from the pilot plant. Um, so they usually ship over either sort of like pulps or lignin or anything that they need um, extra sort of detail that needs to be looked into. Um, before at the earlier stages, I helped with the sort of um, first early stage experiments that were run in the in the research group in my lab before that was when they were still based in the lab but now they've fully moved out and they're just operating um in sweden so now i kind of act as like the point of call if they need any extra work to be done as i still work in the lab generally now they're looking more into sort of um packaging applications so like using um the the waste wood and the waste biomass to breaking it down and then using those fractions to make sort of um, recycled um, packaging. I, I think that's the, the broadest way I can put it. But yeah, that's just one of the, the things they're looking at. Right now they're looking at commercializing their products and seeing what they can make from these these main streams of chemicals and um, fractions that they've gotten from the, the biomass. You've spoken that a lot of this stuff can already be industrialised and you've sort of had a sneak peek yeah. of where your research might go. But what do you think the biggest challenges are for you personally getting your research to that stage where it's actually going to be in a big chemical plant? I think probably the, the biggest um, challenge would be, um, for, for now, everything that the sort of the process that I've developed is still very lab-based and I need to look into sort of things like recyclability of, of solvents and streams and there might be some sort of like big or like some challenges that still need to be addressed if I am considering scaling up like I haven't fully reached the stage yet where I've sort of adjusted the process for um, industrial scale it's still for me my per my personal sort of process is still for my project is still very small scale um, also I guess um, getting brewers on board of um, you know allowing sort of you know there'll be there needs to be some sort of partnership here where we they allow me to set up my my process or my pilot plant near their their breweries and I, I guess just sort of persuading them that this is a better use of their grains and I could bring val more value to the to their process 
And you're already doing a fantastic job at it. What do you think is the best way to communicate this sort of research sort of more generally to, to the public? Um, I think the I'm quite lucky because when I say brewery spent grain, people don't really understand or they're they're confused. But the moment I say beer, I see people's eyes light up and they're like, Oh yeah, beer, beer, that's great. Like what are you doing with beer? So then I think just finding even if it's just like a foot in the door to, into something that people can relate to or something that they can visualize or like, you know, just a concept that touches people's day-to-day lives, it's a great way to get people excited and think about how your research relates to them because once they have that realization, it's a lot easier for them to grasp like concepts of your research given that you give it to them in a very like, you know, layman's terms and yeah. easy to understand. When I present at conferences or like, I remember one of my previous conferences that I presented at, it was at a, a food a food engineering one, and the first thing I asked was like, who likes beer? And like half the room like put their hand up, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't have any beer for you today, but yeah. You know, you've explained that beer is important and why, you know, that picks people's interest up and you can turn waste products of beer into other useful products, but why should non-scientists really be interested in what you're doing? If we do want to like bring down the costs of products, um, you know, make sure that we have these sort of like day-to-day consumer product that we take, that we currently take for granted. We, we're not sure how easy it's going to be to make them in, for example, like 20, 30 years or any, any time in the near future um, because our sort of like supply chains are constantly under stress from from various reasons climate change is one of them so it's really important to like think about where are we going to um you know resort like what where are we going to source these um these products and that's when you have to start thinking about like from the basics the very first step okay where do we get these chemicals to make these products um even if it's like things like um surfactant for example which is what makes most of our sort of like soaps and detergents those can actually be derived from biomass and that's another research that someone else does in my in my group or for example like um, protein alternative proteins um, packaging plastics bioethanol for fuel these are all things that could potentially be made from spent grain so yeah it's really important to think about in the future making sure that we have these um, products available for like future generations as well as ourselves the protein mm-hmm. that you're hoping to get out of these yes grains what is this protein going to be used for like so um personally i'm not looking although i kind of like waved the flag of alternative proteins to you just now i'm not actually looking at food applications for my protein i'm actually taking a a unique look at it and I'm looking at more high value low volume outputs so actually using it as a an, as a polymer so like nature's polymer for um, chemicals and, and and materials and one of the projects that I'm looking at or like sort of side projects from my from my biorefinery project is using protein um, to make fibers for air filters so biodegradable air filters so you can kind of guess where I got that idea from yeah. from my from my industrial experience because when I was there, a lot of the air filters we made, they were making them for bioreactors and they were literally single use, like snap on, snap off to for tubings for like oxygen, CO two or whatever that you would feed into your reactors. 
And it just kind of really sort of sat weirdly with me that there was so much single-use plastic being used. Also, naturally, in the labs that we work in, we deal with so much single-use plastic. So that's kind of when I thought about it possible to make use these proteins as a source of, of polymers or as, a, as an ingredient to essentially make fibres for air filters that would hopefully degrade and, um, instead of the ones that are currently used, which are typically like just polymers like polypropylene, things like that, like classic plastics that are always, of course, derived from fossil fuels. So that's sort of my, one of my end goals is to try and also, yeah, wave the biodegradability sustainability flag in that sector as well. So you've spoken about that being one of your end goals. Yeah. But sort of what are the next steps for you immediately and then where do you think you might go off after you finish your PhD? Um, so immediately I think there is a lot of, um, if I am to bring this to large scale, there is a lot of like technical economic analysis, um, adjustments for scaling up that I would have to do. And also I would have to reach out and see who else is interested in sort of this like Burris bent grain valorization sort of field. And actually I've had a couple of people reach out to me actually through LinkedIn. Um, one company called FirmTech, they actually use, um, they're looking at Burris bent grain and seeing if they can use it as a, as a media for solid state fermentation and they were kind of interested to see what I was doing as well with Bruce Bent Grain. So there are people out there that are trying to, to valorize Bruce Bent Grain, but I think it's about finding a network or finding a team that uh, actually want to like bring this to, to life and see from there what can be done.